joined by my bud Dave. Hey. So, this episode is going to be a little different. It's a heavy one. It is very heavy. You know, usually we talk about all the positive that comes with Halloween. You know, all the, all the costumes, the parties. We talk about nostalgia. We're usually, you know, talking a lot of shit and kind of cracking jokes. And, and, and you know, it's usually lighthearted stuff. Mm-hmm. But today on the show, we're going to be talking about some true crime, specifically some Halloween true crime. And I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea. It, 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 it could be a little graphic. It could be a little, uh, I guess, negative, right, in a way. It's not really the happiest. Uh, <laughs> when no, you read about not. some of these cases, yeah, they're, when you read no, about some of these some cases. Terrible cases. Fucking horrible. So, you know, if, if you don't listen to this episode, we'll still love you. We, we understand <laughs> why. But I know you want to, you wanna, we want to talk about something in this intro. There, there's something you found, yep. you found interesting on your journey fi- finding your case and doing research. So in typical David fashion, I like to do things that are a little off kilter, a little, you know, stuff that is adjacent to what we usually do. Louie will always be like, of course, you're choosing something that's not exactly the subject matter of the show. But with that being said, as I was getting ready to do my research for, you know, true crime that that was set that took place on Halloween... Um, I, you know, I typically go into things blind where that's kind of how I'm able to really find stuff that I find interesting because I don't really know of much of this. So, of course, I turn to Google and I type in crimes that took place on Halloween and obviously so many things come up and um, I had found a few things and there was one case I found interesting, but then I just was like, let me go on YouTube real quick. So I go on YouTube and I type in same thing uh crime set on halloween so i come to this page called crime zone so crime zone you got a great page just want to shout them out and i'm watching this video and i see a comment and the comment is just from you know just like a regular username and it's from 2012 And I'm going to read the comment to you. I was originally going to choose this as my pick for this. But I I don't know how true this is. I don't know if this is a movie plot. I don't know what... I really don't have any background to this. But I can't see why somebody would make this up. So here it goes. And I even kept the typos in. So I may clean the typos up as I read them. But I may not. So here we go. My fiancé was at a small house party on Halloween night in 2012. As he was walking up steps to the front door, he was shot once, point blank, right in the chest. Even though there were at least 10 plus people present on the property, when he was shot, not a single person called 911 or made any attempt to help my fiancé. As if that wasn't cruel enough, his killer proceeded to drag him behind a bait shop next door, to the house where he left my fiance next to the dumpster as if he was some household trash or piece of unwanted furniture. Someone in the area finally called 911 over two hours later. Halloween always has been my favorite holiday my whole life. I now dread that time of year. I miss him so bad. Think about him daily. He was my first everything. It breaks my heart 
that we lost our baby during pregnancy four years before which led to my infertility. I like to think that maybe our baby was lonely and needed daddy to come home. Fly high, my loves. Oof, that is very difficult to read. That is some heavy shit. Again, I don't know if that's a true story. I don't know if this is a movie plot of something I've never seen the movie of. Um, I could say this. Five people liked the comment on YouTube. I was like, okay. Um, nobody commented on it either. I think the the reason why we're bringing this up, and Louis had brought this up as a good point to open up with this, is that if this is really something that had happened that Halloween night in 2012... This just goes to show you how unaware of all the horrible things that go on in the world that we don't know about, even on Halloween. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, like, who, like, we don't even probably have an inkling of everything that goes on. So, just to read this comment and just kind of, like, be like, holy fucking shit. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it, it hit me. I was like, damn. And, uh, you, you know what? It probably wouldn't have bad. It would have been a bad choice to use as my topic, but I just wanted to bring this out, you know. To to I mean, it's a it's a comment on YouTube. Anybody could see it, but it's just something that really makes you think. Like, oof, like what the fuck else goes on that nobody knows about? So I don't. Know, I thought it was interesting. The eerie thing about it, you know, you sent me this comment, and I was like. This is this is this is a brutal story. It's fucking depressing. It's terrible. Yeah, and again, the fact that no one responded is what I found super eerie. Like no one was like this is a sad story. This is like my condolences. Like no one commented on it. And that's so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. And it was on a a, a relatively popular video because you had sent it to me, and I saw that it's like one yes. of those, you know, it's got a, it's got a lot of views. Yeah. it's got a lot of subscribers. So the fact that no one said anything is so freaky to me. And like you said, we don't know. It's the internet. We don't know. It's YouTube specifically. We don't know if this is true or not. Like we don't know if it's complete, completely fabricated. Someone right. just made it up because they wanted attention. Or this is something that actually happened. But yeah, that that just the fact that no one commented it like commented on it was so fucking creepy. I don't know yeah, why. It's, it's it's strange. And Halloween usually, you know, for most of us, especially if you're listening to the show, it's like a day we celebrate, we go to parties, we have a good time. So to just hear like, you know, and that's a theme on our show today. Because both of our cases that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes happened happened after a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're going out, you know, you're having a good time, you're wearing your costume. And then for like some shit that's out of a horror film to actually happen to you, it's fucking, it's terrifying, dude. The fucking world's a scary place, you know. And again, this is, gonna is. Be, this is going to be some deep shit, you know, that we're talking about. But, I, you know, I, I thought it would be an interesting topic. And before we get into the cases, Dave, are you, are you, you know, I don't even think we, as friends, we've had this conversation. Are you into true crime? Um, I am not one of those and I'm not, I'm trying, I'm not being disrespectful when I say this. I am not one of those people that is like, oh, true crime, true crime. I, I, I find it interesting and I just kind of find whatever I find interesting to where I'll go out and actually 
you know, deep dive into something. So am I like a true crime connoisseur? Absolutely not. Uh, am I interested in it? Of course. What about you? I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, some of it's way too dark, way too depressing for me. Um, I tend to lean more towards like the unsolved mysteries, like mm-hmm. Robert Stack. Like you, I know you watched that show too as a yeah, kid. Yeah, of course. So like, I always got a kick out of like, obviously the paranormal, unexplained shit. You know, we've talked about it. I don't believe in a lot of that stuff. And some of the you know cases, to me, the most intriguing ones were the ones that were never solved, and the, you know Definitely. the situation escalated to a certain point, and they couldn't go past that. And I always found that interesting. Now, watching documentaries about like serial killers can be interesting, but I'm picky and choosy. I, I do kind of feel like some of them are a little, not that they're boring, but we, we all know the story already. You know, we all know about Richard Ramirez. We all know about, you know, Charles Manson and all that stuff. So like um, some of that stuff I feel can be a little repetitive, but some of these smaller cases that you don't hear about, are, are more mm-hmm. interesting to me. So with that being said, Dave, let's uh, let's get into your case. Lawrence Bittaker, with an IQ of 138, dragged high school girls into his van, then murdered them by twisting a coat hanger around their throat with a pair of pliers. When his tape recording of one murder was played in court, people rushed outside and vomited. So the case that I chose that I found... Now, just a warning this is a pretty graphic case um it's it's an evil it's an evil story and i'm not saying i chose it because it was evil but um it's apparently one of the most known like brutal crimes like out there and i actually didn't know about this so reading about this and and doing a little research and whatnot i was like holy shit so without further ado i chose the murder of Shirley Lynette Ledford. It took place on October 31st in 1979. And like I said before, it's also considered to be one of the most brutal killings of all time. On top of it all, the killers recorded it all on audio tape. The 16-year-old was hitchhiking home from a Halloween party in the San Fernando Valley in California. Shirley was approached by a van containing two men outside of a gas station and was offered a ride home from Lawrence Whitaker and Roy Norris. It's led to be believed that Ledford accepted the ride because she recognized Whitaker as a frequent patron of the restaurant she worked as a part-time waitress. Whitaker and Norris would eventually be known as the Toolbox Killers because of the objects they used to torture and murder their victims. On top of picking up Ledford, the two have already been on a killing spree the past few months. Ledford would be their fifth and final victim. The two men drove to a secluded street and bound and gagged Ledford. They would go on to record the entire situation which has been transcribed and could be found on the internet. While Whitaker drove the van around aimlessly, Norris tortured and assaulted Ledford. He used tools, his fists, mutilation, the men would switch driving. Ledford begged and pleaded with the men for two hours before she was strangled to death with a wire coat hanger. They left her body on a random lawn to get the largest reaction they could from press and media when Ledford would eventually be discovered. What led to Whitaker and Norris's capture was bragging about the murders in vivid detail, which would lead to the information being passed on to law enforcement. Norris pled guilty in exchange for not receiving the death penalty. He was sentenced to 45 years to life. Whitaker pled not guilty, 
but the audio recordings of the torture and murder were enough to sentence him to death. Both Norris and Whitaker would eventually spend the rest of their lives in prison and dying of natural causes. So what really kind of made me very interested in this case was, um, it just seemed like these two didn't give a flying fuck. And, you know, their methods, you know, them leaving the body on a lawn to get the biggest rise out of the news and media. I was just like, these are some, I don't even want to call them reckless. Cause it seemed like they, they wanted to get caught. Yeah. That's the weird part about it. It's almost like they were showing off what they did. Well, that's what I'm saying. So in, you know, in the research I was doing, they were bragging to people. They were, they were telling like people they knew. And the, I guess, you know, the people they knew were just like, okay, you fucking crazy psychopaths. <laughs> Go tell somebody what you just did. So the fact that they were like fresh off of a killing spree and just, you know, continuing this killing spree was also something I found interesting. And, um, you know, these guys, you know, they, they, they had a, they had a name and everything. And I don't know. And the fact that they recorded everything. Yeah, dude. You know, that's some vile shit. Did you read like what the recordings had on them? No, you oh, know what? Dude. I I wanted to. I didn't do it. So please, if you if you read it, please. No, tell me they're what just. Said because... I, I'm not gonna say. I I read it once. So I, I kind of skimmed through it because it's pretty repulsive shit. Oh, I can only imagine. And 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 like with all these cases, you can Google them and get a lot more information. We're kind of doing the Cliff Notes version of what what each case is that we're gonna be covering. Right. But just the fact that they did this to, like, such a young girl, dude, it's, like, fucking brutal. Like, I, I watched that video That's you had terrifying. sent me, and I, I read an article about it. And I'm just, like, these dudes, and they both died in prison, and they lived to be, they lived to be, like, in their, I think, like, 70s or 80s. To be yeah. like old age. Yeah, they died in natural, and natural causes. causes. It's yep. fucking crazy, like, that people like that don't, like, they live almost full lives, yet they... Yeah, they're rotting away in prison, but the fact they took away, like, such a young person that was just coming home. It was Halloween. She was coming home from a party, like, and she was just hitchhiking, right. which was the first mistake. I, I feel like a lot of these stories, especially in the 70s, like, hitchhiking was such a normal thing. That was such a thing. A lot, and, and there's been other cases where people were murdered because of hitchhiking, and you could see why yeah. it's illegal like you know i i don't know i've never looked into it if, if hitchhiking is illegal it was illegal back then. i was just gonna say i didn't i didn't know that well, yeah, hitchhiking is illegal <laughs> in new york at least again i i don't know what other i'm pretty sure other states follow similar laws but right I, I hitchhiking is not legal dude like you're not supposed to just hitchhike so like this girl picked the wrong dudes like what was going through her mind to be like i'm gonna go with these two grown men because they were grown men right but then, but then think about this. Since she's already hitchhiking, think about how many times she probably has hitchhiked already. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's even that's even just scary to think about in itself. But just the fact that these guys recorded it, these guys were looking for the maximum like shock value, and that was like the most interesting aspect of this to me. Um, you know, it's just, and and the one guy tried to plead not guilty. Which is crazy. Which is wild. Yeah, that shows you how much of like a fucking psychopath they both were. Like they're fucking nuts. Yeah. 
and if you look them up, they they they're pretty they're pretty crazy looking. The guys they don't they definitely don't look yeah, right. One was like one was like in his like late twenties, and one, the other one was in his early thirties. They weren't like older, like they were older no, than they her. Were, yeah. but they weren't like older guys. Like fucking weird, man. It's just but when you read about these, and this is a story I had never heard of. Like, and, and it seems like it's oh no, weird, neither neither yeah. have I. It seems like a popular case amongst like the true crime scene. I'm like, sure. When it comes to like Halloween cases. So that just goes to show that, especially opening up with the topic we did in the intro of the show, is that you don't know what happens. Like, we don't know probably half the things that happen that go on that isn't covered by the news, that isn't covered by media, that's probably way worse than this case. And, you know what I'm saying? And this is a pretty fucking bad case. It makes you just feel like, damn, Halloween's supposed to be the night of partying, having a good time. This poor girl was just fucking executed and tortured and... She didn't deserve it. It was now 4 a.m. on Thursday, November 1st, 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Stacy waved goodbye to her friend and drove off. She never saw Cindy enter her apartment and has not seen her since, nor has anyone else. Cindy's song simply disappeared that night. Police were baffled. So the case I'm going to talk about is the disappearance of Cindy Song. So I, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but apparently lots of people have just disappeared on Halloween. Like, it's a thing. Dude, there are so many cases of people just vanishing. It's fucking weird. And it, it's just like, what is it about Halloween and disappearances? So on Halloween night... 2001 in Pennsylvania State University, a college student by the name of Cindy Song went to a Halloween party at a nightclub with two of her friends. Cindy was dressed as a bunny, like she was wearing a pink shirt, I believe, and and she had pink bunny ears. When you look up these pictures, dude, it's, and I think I've used this word a lot, but it's pretty fucking eerie just knowing what happened to her later that night like it makes those images of her having fun with her friends just fucking it just makes it really creepy oh always and you know she was having a good time and the group ended up hanging out at the club until 2 a.m which i believe is when clubs close in pennsylvania it's not like new york where where shit stays open till four o'clock in the morning so after the club the group decided that they wanted to continue hanging out And they went over to a friend's house to continue partying and play video games. So at 4 a.m., the two friends drop off Cindy at her apartment. And this is literally the last known whereabouts of Cindy's song. So a couple of days pass. I think from the research I, I, I found, it was three or four days. And her friends start getting worried. They haven't heard from her. Keep in mind, this is like 2001. So like social media and all that wasn't really a thing. So when some we don't hear from someone, it's like, you know, usually a phone call or I believe texting was a thing in 2001, if I remember correctly. You know, you can get worried. And it's funny you bring that up because nowadays, if somebody isn't posting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or has any kind of social media presence, like say someone does it every day and then suddenly they don't do it for three days. It legitimately brings you, like, fear of something that happened to that person. You're like, oh, I hope this person's okay. Which, I mean, it's I guess it's a good thing that you could 
be aware that somebody might not be all right. But it's also kind of crazy that you can gauge somebody's well-being off of their, off of them being absent from social media. It's a little ridiculous. You know, some people just need a break yeah. from social media, so they just kind of like go cold turkey on it and like, all right, I'm deleting all these apps, Instagram, exactly. Facebook, Twitter, and just disappearing. But this was 2001, so it was a very different landscape when it comes to that sort of thing. So her friends, again, are, are worried They call the cops, they go to her apartment, and they check the place out. Inside the apartment, they find her backpack, cell phone, and the fake eyelashes she was wearing with her Halloween costume. So she obviously made it home that night. Like, she made it into the apartment. The only things that were missing were her debit slash credit cards, her ID, her her apartment keys, and the bunny costume she was wearing. So, you know, you, 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 you hear that and you assume like, okay, she went home, you know, dropped her shit off, thought of something and was like, you know what? Let me make a quick run out. Again, 2001, I don't think people were glued to their cell phone. Hence why, you know, it was left behind. There was also no sign of forced entry. The apartment wasn't ransacked or anything. Everything looked completely normal. So, you know, when you see an apartment like that, you know, especially when there's been like a home invasion or something like that, you know, you find a broken window, broken door. Um, I was even looking up to see if the door was just left open or something, but I really couldn't find that in my research. I read like fucking five articles on this case, watched a bunch of videos, and I don't think I was able to pinpoint if like the door was just left open in the apartment. She did have a roommate, which I'll get to in, uh, in a minute. So... It looked like she made a a quick stop somewhere. One theory is she went to like this grocery store in town, something like a 7-Eleven, one of those like 24-hour stores that you can buy like chips and soda and shit at, you know. We've all we all have those stores near us and you know, so it would make sense if you're out hanging out partying, maybe you get hungry, you don't have anything in the fridge. You know, go you'll go take a walk to the store, to the corner store and buy something. I read that they think either someone she knew was with her after she was dropped off and they murdered her or she was abducted before making it to the grocery store. There's there again, these are all just theories because she just fucking vanished. Now, investigators looked into her cell phone and no calls were made or received. They checked her emails. There wasn't anything fishy. Even her credit card like and debit card, there were zero transactions on them. So it's not like she... Even, like, again, if she was going to the store, they would have been like, okay, she bought a bag of Doritos. There was nothing. Apparently, the, uh, the footage in the store was already recorded over. So they had zero proof that she even like made it inside. Which is, which is fucking, fucking crazy. Like... You know, like she, like there's literally no evidence like of this girl, what she did after being dropped off. So I have a few more uh, uh, tidbits here on Cindy's kind of like her backstory, what her situation was leading up to her disappearance. So apparently she had gotten out of like a serious relationship with a guy who she lived with off campus and it didn't work out, you know, and she moved into a new apartment with a roommate. 
What's weird is I was looking up to see like if the I'm assuming she was friends with her roommate, but a lot of these articles don't really pinpoint any kind of interaction with the roommate that night, which I found a little odd. But again, she was so she was she was basically dealing with a breakup and that was her new living situation. Uh, according to her friends, you know, she was doing her best to move on from that relationship. She was talking to a therapist, taking medication, which when you think about it, you know, you think depression and, you know, someone that's dealing with a lot of personal demons and maybe some shit, you know, obviously something deep emotionally was going on in, in her, like in her mind and, you know, her heart was broken, yada, yada, because I believe the boyfriend, the guy broke up with her. Uh, she also had a journal where she wrote down her thoughts. And again, from what I read, this girl wasn't really in a dark place. She was just kind of overcoming this whole breakup. Yeah. She had a lot going for her too. Uh, She was finishing up college. She was a senior. She only had a few more like months and she was completely done. Uh, She had bought a ticket for an upcoming Britney Spears concert, a new computer, and she even signed up for a graphic d- design internship. So this girl was making moves. You know, she was trying to figure out right. what she was going to do with her future. She had events coming up. You know, this isn't a girl who's like moping around in her apartment, not really knowing what to do with herself, just fucking crying, depressed. You know, and all of her friends, you know, they didn't believe that she would cause any harm to herself. And she was doing very well emotionally. Now, there's two really strange things about this case that I that I found just kind of weird and off. Um, one is that her family uh, lived in Korea and they came to PA to help the investigation and they cleaned Cindy's apartment, which basically canceled out any possibility of like evidence. They probably did it unintentionally, but it's still strange. Like... They like from what I I think there was a video I was watching where the apartment was never like it was never being used as evidence. I guess they looked and they saw there was there was nothing there. So there was no sign of a struggle. So like it there it wasn't really a crime yeah. scene, but just the fact that the family right. went and cleaned it is fucking weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, that is weird. I just got chills thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I. I, I you know, again, it was probably unintentional. They, they, they didn't. They weren't like going in there trying to like get rid of evidence. I don't think, but it's still strange. Now, the other weird thing about this case is there was a woman in Philly. So, uh, if I remember correctly, I think where the college is, where the school is in Philly, or like, I think like a two-hour drive, maybe longer. It's it's a little bit of a drive. Um, she claims this woman claims. That she had, she had seen a girl matching Cindy's description, screaming for help in a car, and a man emerged from the car and told the woman to basically mind her business and back off. Like was yelling at her, like "Get out of here! It's none of your business!" and blah blah blah. Uh, the weird thing is that this woman's story and details would change from time to time. So when she was being in, like interrogated and vetted, where the investigators were kind of talking to her. It would just hurt her like she would describe the time, the guy, like everything was just off. Everything was something was different every time they spoke to her. So the investigate the investigators questioned if it was even true. So maybe she was like just crazy or something or wanted attention. I don't know what it, it's 
that really bothers me. Like those two things to me are just fucking creepy because it's very creepy. Yeah, and the first thing you think of is you know, sex trafficking. Like that's what you, like you hear about that. You're like maybe she was abducted and taken someplace because you hear about that shit, dude. That shit right. happens today. And that's what I want to say. Like, it's very possible that she was just straight up abducted and she had all, you know, and, and what, so she had, so she had her debit card. She had her, she didn't have her phone on her, right? That was the one thing that she didn't have. No, she didn't. That she, and she always had her phone on her, they were saying, correct? Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that she was abducted, Uh, you know, it. Things uh, I, to me, just from what I've watched and what I kind of read, um, I didn't do as much as an in-depth uh, research as you did. Um, but just based off of what I was reading, you know, sometimes you never know. Like as far as like a suicide goes, you never know what people are going through. So like as far as signs pointing to that, you just don't know. Yeah. But something like this, that early in the morning, you 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 know, you're in your Halloween costume. Because you said the the um, the costume wasn't wasn't in the uh, she left wearing it is what they think because they couldn't find right it. exactly I mean that to me all signs point to point to being kidnapped yeah and they questioned all of her friends I, I believe they questioned the ex boyfriend like and all of them you know they were they weren't guilty they 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 weren't involved the cops and the investigators ruled all of them out. Eventually, investigators tied Cindy's disappearance to a serial killer named Hugo Selinsky. Apparently, his co-defendant told cops that he had an accomplice named Michael Kurkowski. I think I'm pronouncing that. I might be butchering it. Kurkowski, <laughs> uh, who claims that Selinsky told him he killed a girl uh, matching Cindy's description. Yo, dude, when you go into this Hugo Selinsky serial killer... It's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, it is. if you're interested in this case, you know, I recommend reading about it because when you get to this part of Cindy, Cindy Song's disappearance, it gets a little fucking bananas. So this led the investigators to Selinsky's property where they discovered the remains of five bodies, including the accomplice, Michael Kurowski. But none matched, none matched Cindy's DNA. So they found these bodies and they found the dude that was like going along and murdering people with him. Yeah. So that's fucking weird. I, I thought it was 12 bodies. Is it five bodies? So, so yeah. So they eventually found seven more bodies right. in this, on this dude Selinsky's property. And it turned out that I think it was uh, Michael Kurowski, the his accomplice... And Michael's girlfriend, they found both their bodies there. And apparently, like apparently what, 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 what people think happened was, or what I think Selinsky said was that Michael killed Cindy was kind of like gloating about it and kept her bunny ears as like a souvenir for murdering her. Like that was some weird shit he was getting off on. And Selinsky didn't like that or whatever and murdered him. So it's like this weird, like this guy murdered this guy and then the other guy murdered him. So really the only person that really knows if they did it is dead and this crazy serial killer. 
So long story short, Selinski was convicted for the murder of Michael and his girlfriend and Cindy's body was never found. Apparently like what, what I think what I read was, I forget if it was Hugo that said it or his defendant that said it, he buried her body someplace else. He also burned bodies. So they'd never be able to find him if he didn't like bury her on his property and he's in jail now, dude. And I, I don't think he's he's not that old. I think too. This guy, yeah, I saw a picture of guy. him. So it's just he's young looking. Yeah, he's like I think now in his like forties or something Probably. like that, or maybe close to fifty. But like, it's it, he was a young dude when he did this. You know, when when he says he that she was killed. But there's so much he said, she said, you know, or he said, he said because it was two dudes um, with this murder that like. They don't even know if it's true. And to this day, they've just never been able to find this poor girl, you know? And, and you know, I, I'm not, obviously, I'm not an expert on serial killers, but but can you trust a fucking serial killer if they're even telling the truth, you know? But, but I think the thing to take away from this case is just how sad it is that her family had no closure. They don't even know where their daughter's remains are. They never were able to do anything. You know, I, you know, they never were able to have a body. It's super sad, man. I'm pretty sure there's still, like, charities and, and open, like, investigations or something with her because they still don't have a body. They don't have anything to, con- you know, to conclude that she is gone or dead. You know what I mean? So... I'm pretty sure I saw in a few YouTube links, like, donations and charities and stuff specifically to this case. Unsolved Mysteries covered this case. That I did not know. Yeah, and it's funny because I didn't know about this case until reading about it, until recently when we were doing research for the show. So I was like, wow. And, like, you don't hear about it. Like, you hear, you know, you've seen documentaries about so many other disappearances or people being found dead, like Lisa Lam, that what is it, Elisa Lamb, the girl that... Ended up in that on in the uh, in that motel in the West Coast in California. She they found her in the water tank. Like you don't know about that case? That no that 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 name sounds very familiar, but I am not familiar with the case. There there's a Netflix documentary that came out recently about it. But like you hear so much about like certain cases, and I'm like, why isn't this case getting as much coverage? You know, it's it's a really sad story. They never found this girl. They don't know what exactly happened they're just they're literally taking the word of a serial killer and saying he's claiming that he did it you know or that he was involved you know not exactly halloween related but um there's two cases and i would i would recommend looking these up and these are these are good examples of cases that uh, you know kind of struck me and and i found very interesting was there's one about a girl that disappeared named tara calico that one has always stuck with me. I even wrote music about that. Um, if you're curious, I would look up the case of Tara Calico. Very similar to this in the fact that she went on a bike ride and she never came home. Uh, there's no remains. There's nothing. She just up and disappeared. Like I said, very similar to this. Then there's another one. This is a little more of a high-profile one. It's, the, it's a kind of like a country-slash-folk artist named Jim Sullivan disappeared in the i think the late 70s early 80s um they found his car abandoned on the road all his stuff in the car and he was completely gone no trace of him yeah man uh look up jim sullivan because that is a very interesting story to read 
and listen to his album UFO because it's fucking awesome. And that's where a lot of his disappearance ties into the release of that album. So it's a case that's definitely worth uh, checking out. Disappearances that are never solved always give me the heebie-jeebies because... I agree. Like for a person to just vanish, and I get it, some people... You know, there's people that are depressed, suffering from depression, suicide's a thing, also murder, sex trafficking. There's a lot of different factors, but just the fact that someone stopped existing and no one knows what happened, it's just, it's just so bizarre, dude. It's like, and the fact that the investigators and they can't figure out, detectives can't figure out what happened to these people. And that they don't even know what led to it. So fine, if like if a, if a serial killer saying, "Okay, I did it," but what led to that? Why? Like you know, why does she go home, leave, disappear? You know, this woman that claimed to have seen her. Why'd she make up that story? You know what I like? That's that's fucking weird. And it's just there's always like just always, there's just weird details, and I'm saying weird a lot, but there's just really strange details in all these disappearance. And I always find that interesting that, like, they just can't pinpoint what happened. Sometimes they eventually do, you know, a femur or something is found and they figure it out. But just, dude, it's like I, I can't imagine what it must feel like to be that person, you know, that was having a normal night. You know, in, in this case, Halloween. Sounds like she had a fucking awesome night, went to a Halloween party. Went to her buddy's house after, you know, afterwards with her friends, played some video games, probably continued partying, having a good night. Just wanted to go home, probably get a snack at the store, or that's what they think. And then fucking was abducted and just fucking vanished. It's, you know, I'm getting fucking goosebumps now just talking about it, dude. But yeah, you know, both of these cases, you know, once again, are super dark. Uh, You know, we kind of, again, gave brief backstories on each of them. Because we both thought they were interesting. I, I recommend going back and, and reading up on both of these cases if it's your thing and you've never heard of them. Because they are really interesting. You know, and, and, and Halloween's always filled with, you know, fiction. And, and, and you know, we, we watch horror films and we dress up as monsters. But the fact that monsters fucking truly exist and this shit happens... It's just, it's, you know, it's fucked up. That's the best way I could say it. It's, it's fucked up. With a holiday... That brings people so much joy that something so dark like these two cases can happen. Just it fucking blows your mind. Right. But with that being said, the fact that these cases are set on Halloween just makes them that much more eerier. There was no activity on her credit cards and there were no uh, emails or any activity on her email accounts that gave us any clue on to her disappearance. So those were some Halloween true crime cases. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover. And if you can rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And we're also happy to announce that our first ever Patreon-exclusive show is now up. Dave and I cover the original 1978 Halloween. We're still figuring things out with Patreon, so, you know, over the next few months we'll be we'll be covering different types of uh topics specifically the halloween series in its entirety and a few other ideas we have brewing are doing some are you afraid of the dark group watches 
uh, some movie group watches, among other things. So if this is something you would be interested in, please check the link in the description of this episode for more information. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze. Later, guys.